0: Learn more at marines.com. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel, C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L, and also read my regular cbssports.com column. Agents take on NFL contract and salary cap matters. The final days before the NFL trading deadline um, started out with the bang and ended for whimper. After Sunday's Week 8 games were completed, we had one surprising blockbuster trade, and then a bunch of minor trades where nobody of any real consequence or significance in terms of name value uh, was traded after that. But on Monday, uh, before the Tuesday 4 p.m. Eastern trading deadline, uh, Von Miller uh, was traded from the Broncos to the Rams for 2022 second and third round picks as a part of the process the broncos are going to pay nine million of miller's remaining nine million seven hundred twenty two thousand two hundred twenty two dollar salary and how this works from a mechanical standpoint is you have to convert money into signing bonus pre-trade to buy it down so that's a cap charge the $9 million um, for Denver so the only cap charge the Rams are going to have is the $722,222 for the remaining 10 weeks of the regular season Denver is going to be left with now a dead money charge of $21,402,778 that's Miller's, what was his $22.125 million cap number, minus what the Rams are going to be paying for the uh, rest of the year. If Denver had lost Von Miller through free agency, the way the compensatory pick rules work because of he has 10 accrued seasons, you couldn't get more than a fifth-round pick back in return. So the compensation is great. And you got to look at it from the standpoint that, They're essentially buying a second-round pick um, for the $9 million. And the reason I say that is if you look at the cost of what the contract was for the top pick in the second round this year for Tyson Campbell of the Jaguars, first pick in the second round, $9,015,108. So basically, they bought a second-round pick is how I I look at it, and the compensation is a third-round pick for the trade. But nonetheless, that is two picks for Denver. And and Denver did something which uh, you don't really expect for a team that is still – you don't see that NFL teams typically do. Uh, Most teams, given when the trading deadline is, if they think or they're at 500, which Denver is – they have false hope that they can make a playoff run. Denver started out 3-0, and then hit a snag. Now they're 4-4, and but they're basically punting on a the season. They're like, hey, we're not a contender. If for some reason we get to the playoffs, we're an early exit. They're like, hey, we're admitting they're rebuilding. Most teams won't do that. Um, and in the AFC, it's really jumbled that you've got – Denver, you got a Tennessee, who right now six and two, would have the number one seed. And you've got eleven teams that are at least five hundred. So it's not a very subtle process, but they're giving up on basically they're punting to me on the season. Now the Rams, they're all in. in the NFC is a whole different picture. In the NFC, it's pretty top heavy and it seems like it's more or less settled that you've got five teams that are in, Packers, Cardinals, Cowboys, Buccaneers, Rams, barring collapses. Saints are sitting at 5-2. and two. The way their schedule looks out, they should win at least 11 games. So Really, you're fighting for one spot. So a whole different story in the NFC. Rams are all in. It's Super Bowl or bust for the Rams after getting Von Miller. This is a team that has an aversion to premium picks in the draft. They have not had a first-round pick since 2016, won't have one until 2024. The 2022 draft is going to be uneventful for them on the first two days. The only pick they have in the first two days is the right now the third-round compensatory pick they got for the Lions hiring uh, Brad Holmes as GM. So it's all in uh, for the Rams uh, this year to win the Super Bowl. If they win it, it's all worth it for mortgaging the future by not having premium picks. The addition of Matthew Stafford, they're all going for it. What it'll do from a football standpoint is if you've got Von Miller now coming in with Leonard Little at one end and you have the most disruptive force on the inside in Aaron Donald, they should be able to get to the quarterback with four people. So, you don't have to blitz as much. There are more people in coverage. So, an already tough defense has gotten uh, tougher. So, outside of that move, we really didn't have anything of uh, real consequence. We had Melvin Ingram um, go from Pittsburgh to Kansas City for a conditional uh, six-round pick in 2022. Mike Tomlin had a uh, what I thought was an amusing um comment about melvin ingram we want volunteers not hostages after the trade uh, so he was a situational pass rusher in pittsburgh in kansas city he'll allow um chris jones to move more back inside he'd been out on the edge so he can pair with um frank clark on the outside uh yet a another minor trade uh, Houston gave up on Charles Amenehu, uh Goes to San Francisco for a 2023 6 round pick. Philadelphia likes to uh, collect cornerbacks who were inactive from their with their former teams. Kerry Vincent um, goes from Denver to Philadelphia, conditional 22 6 round pick, and Kansas City traded uh, Lawrence. Uh, DuVernay Tardiff for tight end Daniel Jones. DuVernay Tardif had been a starting guard um, in Kansas City prior to taking 2022 off for COVID to stay up in Canada. Uh, he opted out to help out with COVID. DuVernay Tardif was uh, unique from the standpoint he's one of 11 players in the NFL, had a no-trade clause, so I had to waive it in order to be traded. Now, let's turn our attention to why you didn't have a lot of movement at the trading deadline. Now, part of the reason is cap space and you have to have enough cap space to acquire the rest of a contract, which would be 10 18ths of the base salary. And if you have any roster bone per game, roster bonuses or a 17th game roster bonus, fit someone in, unless you do like the Denver Rams trade where you're eating salary on the way out the door. Now, the team with the most cap room, Jaguars. They're not in a buying mood. <laughs> Why are they going to be buying any players? <laughs> um, when the Jaguars are in contention for the first pick, they're one and six. So <laughs> that's one problem. Um, Denver had a ton of cap space. They were sellers. They had over 15 million before that, before Von Miller. Um, they were sellers. The Eagles, um, granted, they blew out. The Lions on Sunday. Nobody's thinking this team is making the playoffs. They're three and five now. They had basically 21.1 million. I'm using this according to NFL PA data uh, before uh, after, after uh, before Sunday's games were played. Carolina, um, 14 million in cap space. They've already made major moves. And Seattle, a little over 12 million in cap space. They're three and five. They're treading water, hoping. When Russell Wilson comes back, maybe they can make a push. Unlikely. The Washington football team, $11.33 million in cap space. They're going nowhere fast. They're 2-6. So that's part of the problem, that the teams with the cap space aren't good. And the teams that uh, don't have cap space were the ones that uh, could have made a move. Like, let's get to um, one guy that New Orleans reportedly had some interest in. Odell Beckham Jr., who that's now <laughs> interesting situation with his dad posting on Instagram a video of how Baker Mayfield can't hit his son when he's open. Uh, love to be in that locker room um, when things come back to fruition. So the Saints, in order to be cap compliant, because of they kicked the can down the road by taking a credit card approach to the salary cap by restructuring contracts constantly barely had any cap room so they could not afford what you would need to acquire odell beckham jr he had a 14.5 million dollar base salary for the season so you would need eight million fifty five thousand five hundred and fifty six dollars to acquire him now he's not very productive in cleveland because he and baker mayfield not on the same page but cleveland If they're going to eat a bunch of salary out the door, they're going to want more compensation than you should be willing to give up for Odell Beckham Jr. based on what he's done in Cleveland. He went for a first-round pick plus, a fourth-round pick in, in I think, Jabril Peppers when Cleveland acquired him. Um, Mike Tannenbaum, former Dolphins GM on ESPN today, said, third-round pick for Beckham. But if you got to eat salary, you're going to want more than that. So the Saints aren't in a position where they could restructure any contracts to accommodate him like um, the Cardinals had to do to fit Zach Ertz in because they've restructured everybody, and you couldn't do anything with the biggest cap number left on the team, Marcus Williams. He's on a franchise tag at $10.621 you can't add voiding dummy years to lower the cap number for a guy on a franchise tag. You could do it for a guy on a fifth-year option, but not a guy on a franchise tag the way the CBA rules read. So that was going to be a problem. Maybe Green Bay um, could have been an option to play Kate Aaron Rodgers to get another pass catcher in there uh, with Robert Tunyon um, going down. Um, with the seasoning knee injury on Thursday night against the uh, Cardinals. Then Odell Beckham has salaries of $15 million in 2022 and 2023. I don't think he's in, in Cleveland next year. They're unguaranteed. They'll probably try to trade him and, if not, have to cut him. Um, I would have loved to have seen Allen Robinson get out of Chicago because he's basically useless uh, in Chicago because Justin Fields does not throw to him at all. This is a guy that had been highly productive, one of the most productive receivers in football previous two years with substandard quarterback play. He's on a franchise tag of $17.88 million, so you'd need just under $10 million to accommodate him. Nobody could do that. And you can, with a franchise tag player, eat salary on the way out the door. So um, $9,933,333. Um, is what you need to acquire him. So I would have loved to have seen him go someplace. And obviously, if if the Bears were going to need a bunch of salary, they probably want at least a second-round pick for him. So that wasn't happening. Xavier Howard, the Miami Dolphins, extremely disappointing this year, 1-7. and seven. Uh, He wants a new contract. They placated him this year by doing a Band-Aid approach with him, by uh, adding incentives and shifting money around for him. But you would need, between the remainder of his base salary, the 17th game roster bonus, and the likely to be earned incentives, $8,418,627 uh, to acquire him plus the compensation for a guy of his caliber in the NFL in interceptions last year with 10 Defensive Player of the Year candidate uh, not playing nearly as well this year under contract through 2024 for a little over $39.3 million, but he's going to want a new deal so that's at least a first round pick that's why he didn't move Raiders had some interest in Fletcher Cox now This was one of the more complicated or complex restructures for cap purposes I've seen in a while, which was problematic for why you can't, why he didn't get traded. He's not playing that well in Jonathan Gannon's new scheme in Philadelphia. He's used to being more aggressive. Gannon's scheme is more read and react. But. Basically, what Philadelphia did was they did a double restructure of a signing bonus and an option bonus for next year, added in two voidable years for 2025 and 2026 uh, for proration purposes. So they converted everything but his $1.075 million base salary to signing bonus and added in the compensation for the 17th game he would have gotten under the CBA rules which goes away when you do more than a simple contract restructure. So he's not in a worse position. So they did that for both years with the option bonus as well. So $14 million, $807,353 signing bonus. Um, And then the option bonus for next year, $15,927,059. And they dropped his 2022 base salary to his league minimum 1.12. But it's structured in a way where... Um, first, the base salary is going to be $17,047,059, and it would be fully guaranteed if he's on the roster the third day of the league year. The option that has to be exercised from the first day of training camp and between the first day of the league year, and that's when you'd get the decrease with the option bonus. So uh, there'd be a slight window if he'd been traded, for a team to get out of it and not have to deal with anything. But because of the previous restructures in this one, the dead money, and Philadelphia is comfortable with large, amount, large amounts of dead money. Carson Wentz, the largest amount ever, a little over $33.8 million for his trade to Indian dead money. The Fletcher Cox dead money in 2022 would be twenty-five million seven hundred and one dollars So. <laughs> If you're going to have that mass amount of dead money, they're going to want a day two pick. So that's why he he didn't get traded. Um, Brandon Cooks expressed some displeasure when um, Mark Ingram got traded from Houston back to New Orleans. He actually would have been cheap uh, from a cap space standpoint because of a previous salary conversion of $10 million. So you'd only need $1,830,066 for him. Under contract in 2022, non-guaranteed $13,735,294. That includes the 17th game uh, roster bonus. to base salary is $12.5 He didn't go anywhere as well. Um, Kyle Fuller, since Denver's punting on the season, uh, thought he might go somewhere. He'd become the fourth corner Um, in Denver, but then Bryce Callahan hyperextended his knee. He's gone on IR. He's going to miss some time, so instead of being someone who barely plays, he's now the third corner. That may have been why he didn't get traded. You would have needed $5,294,118 for him. Uh, Marcus May and the Jets were nowhere close to a contract this year when he was franchised. Uh, I don't think they'd franchise him again. And if they weren't close this time, they won't be next time. Uh, you've needed $5,895,555 for him. Uh, you could have done the eating some salary uh, as well. Uh, another guy didn't go anywhere. They'd have been bandied about uh, Akeem Hicks uh, last year of contract for the Bears. They're going nowhere fast after losing to the 49ers. But Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace probably haven't sent up to win. Their 3-5 and jobs could be on the line. So maybe that's why they weren't going to really look to move him. $10.4 million base salary, $5,777,778 is what's left uh, for him. Trey Flowers, bad fit in Detroit who is winless. Uh, nobody want to take on this contract. That it's fourteen point three seven five million this year. He's got sixteen in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three, one point six two five million fully guaranteed next year. You'd need just under eight million. So that would have been a fire sale move. That would have screamed New England. Go back there where it was successful, but you'd have to get rid of the guarantee or adjust the 2022 salary for New England, he be interested in something like that. But he's not going to be around next year. They're going to they're release him. And let's, let's see. One more guy uh, who didn't get traded that should be expendable. Zach Cunningham in Houston, since they're getting rid of people from the old regime, he was the third highest paid off-ball linebacker uh, prior to the market moving this year with Fred Warner and Darius Leonard's uh, new deals. The deal averaged $14.5 million per year. They converted everything but his 990000 base salary into signing bonus uh, previously, so that was a $7.51 million um, conversion. He also had per-game roster bonuses, so you would have had uh, $294,118. Of those left, so you would have needed $844,118 for him. Then he was under contract 2022 through 2024 for $10.5 million. Next year becomes injury guaranteed, fully guaranteed, I think fifth day of the league year. Then $11.5 million, then $13 million, $35 million over three years. He has gone from being at every down linebacker to now, uh, basically, Kamu Grugier-Hill and Christian Kirksey. are getting the bulk of the play time. Also, he's had some disciplinary issues this year from the preseason and then um, was benched for a half this year before becoming basically a two-down linebacker, if that. Um, but now maybe they kept him around. Kirksey may be out for the year having surgery on his hand, so he's going to get thrust back into a larger role for playing time, but I don't see Zach Cunningham having a real future in um, – Houston, that would have been a team who thought that they could fit him in and he'd be someone who would have been there for more than one year. He wouldn't have been a rental for the rest of the season. I'd look for them to try to trade him after the season. But if you wanted to have more movement uh, with the trades, you're probably going to have to have the trading deadline move back close to Thanksgiving. So some of these teams who have false hope would be thinking, you know, I'm out of it, and let's try to move – Uh, they'd be more receptive to making moves. And maybe teams that were at that point clearly thought that they were true Super Bowl contenders would be more willing to do what the Rams did and go all in. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Um, Deshaun Watson there are just too many moving parts for a deal to get done this year and it's something that quite frankly wasn't on my radar screen to get done uh, prior to the trading deadline until Houston Chronicles John McClain uh, reported uh, the week before last that there's a possibility that he could be dealt and then he subsequently reported that compensation had been agreed upon, uh, the framework of a deal, but uh, Stephen Ross, the uh, owner of the uh, Dolphins, wanted the legal issues resolved before executing the trade, and the reason why this wasn't going to get done is Deshaun Watson has those 22 civil lawsuits He's facing for sexual assault and misconduct during massage therapy um, appointments. Then 10 criminal complaints. Um, Then also Ross wanted clarity on whether he'd be suspended under the personal conduct policy. Would he be available to play immediately? We got a hint of that from... Roger Goodell last Tuesday in a press conference when he said he didn't feel there was enough information at this time to put Watson on the commissioner's exemplist list or paid leave of absence. And then what Houston wanted for compensation, they didn't want to discount the compensation for his potential unavailability. They reportedly wanted three first-round picks, two second-round picks, or the equivalent of the picks in, five, in players uh, is five players, so just too many moving parts to get a deal done. Now, under the personal conduct policy, the, the reason that Watson wouldn't go on the exempt list and Houston is doing them him a favor or he doesn't make a decision right now because by mutual agreement, Watson's on the 53-man roster. He's getting paid his $10.54 million base salary. He doesn't practice, doesn't show up to games, he don't want to play for them, they don't want him to play either, so he he essentially has a paid leave of absence, but you have to be formally charged with a felony offense or a crime of violence, sexual assault by force, or of a person who is incapable of giving consent, are specifically mentioned as crimes of violence. Also, Goodell has the authority to put a player on the exempt list of an investigation leads to believe that the policy has been violated by committing that type of conduct warranted by the circumstances and evidence um, for in terms of uh, formally charged indictment by a grand jury or filing of charges in a criminal court by a prosecutor or arrains, arraignment in criminal court are considered formal charges so you got the 10 criminal complaints, Jim, he still could be indicted by a grand jury. So, ultimately, it would not surprise me if Watson is suspended because you don't need to have any type of criminal charges or conviction to be suspended If as long as there's credible evidence that players engage in the alleged conduct. If you go by uh, how some of the past cases have been resolved, um, ben Roethlisberger about a decade ago, six-game suspension for sexual assault allegations, no criminal charges, uh, domestic violence allegation with Ezekiel Elliott in 2017, six-game suspension, multiple policy violations by Antonio Brown was suspended for the first eight, eight games last year. Now, this thing can be a double-edged sword for next offseason. One, part of the problem is if you traded Watson this year and he's immediately eligible to play, and the Dolphins' only team where he waived his no-trade clause. He's one of the 11 players with a no-trade clause. That Let's say he's gone to Miami, and he plays and plays well. Miami, 10-6 and six last year, was supposed to be a playoff team. Reels off wins. The picks that uh, Houston was going to get, the 2022 first-round pick presumably, uh, gets diluted because they played well. Now, you'll have clarity on when the picks are, and Miami is his preferred destination. But let's say next offseason, one, you have clarity for the picks if you're Houston because the draft order is going to be set. Two, you could potentially have more suitors, so Miami's rolling the dice from that standpoint. You would hope that there would be progress on – his off the field or legal situation but that could go one of two ways. Let's say other stuff comes to light which I don't know if it will or not and it gets worse then his trade value would be worse than it is now or he gets uh, indicted by a grand jury. Interesting hang ups for why there hadn't been a settlement is he doesn't want a non-disclosure he wants transparency. Usually the celebrity wants the non-disclosure but it's flipped in this case, and that's part of the holdup of why you didn't have the civil suits settled. So if, even if you got that one component out of the way, you still wouldn't know if he was out of the woods criminally if you acquired him. So that also factors in the whole equation. Let's say next off season, you got a whole universe of teams potentially that are looking for a quarterback. The Eagles are going to have the most draft capital. Uh, They could have three first-round picks. They're going to have their own. They're going to have Miami's. And the Colts, right now it's a 22-second-round pick, but if Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps or the Colts make the playoffs and it's 70% and it doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs unless the Titans collapse. And what I did mention in the earlier part is with Derrick Henry going down (laughs) um, with a seasoning injury, they didn't acquire a running back. The most logical choice would have been Marlon Mack, but having a trade in the division, I can see why that didn't go down. So they went out and signed a 36-year-old Adrian Peterson off the street. But still, they should – I don't think the Colts are making the playoffs. But still, Eagles could have three first-round picks. Washington football team needs a long-term solution at cornerback. Uh, Head coach Ron Rivera recently admitted that in a radio interview. The Panthers – dropped out of a pursuit of Deshaun Watson before the trading deadline. They were hot and heavy for him um, before acquiring Sam Darnold, who doesn't look like he's the answer. They gave up uh, second, fourth, and sixth round pick for Darnold and the fifth-year option for $18.858 million, fully guaranteed. They'll probably be back in it. Denver, they're acquiring more draft capital to make a run at some quarterback. Watson was supposedly an acceptable destination during the offseason, so they could be back in the mix. The Steelers don't have the same draft capital as some other teams, but Ben Roethlisberger, who's 39, is expected to retire. So you'd have more teams potentially in the mix, um, so that could hurt Miami's pursuit, but still, Watson has to waive no trade clause for other teams as well. You've got clarity of where people are picking in the draft. Now, from a contractual standpoint, um, the acquiring team next year for Watson is going to need $35 million of cap room because that's a salary in 2022. He's under contract 2022, 23, 24, and 25, $136 million over the four years, cap numbers of 35 37 32 and 32 million 22 salary is fully guaranteed the 35 million the 2023 salary 20 million dollar base 17 million dollar fifth day of league year roster bonus both of them are guaranteed for injury they become fully guaranteed next March 20th on the fifth day of the 2022 league year the 2024 and 2025 salaries are unsecured um, not guaranteed at all Um, But now, if you have a suspension under the uh, personal conduct policy, the guarantees would void. So uh, you're going to need $35 million of cap space um, to take on Deshaun Watson in a trade next year. And the Dolphins are in the best position to do that from cap commitments. They have the fewest next year at just under $132.25 million of 36 players under contract, the top 51 Players count in the offseason. Presumably they'd have to move uh, They they'd move Tua Tagliavoa um, at that point in time, the fifth pick in the 2020 draft. And you would think that the Sam Darnold compensation would be a baseline of what they would get for Tua once they traded him. If they got Deshaun Watson next year, Tua basically has nine games this year to prove that he could be the answer. A quarterback. So if he lives up to the draft position, then maybe they're out. <laughs> um, but as I said, Darnold went for a 2021 sixth-round pick, second-round pick in 2022, and fourth-round pick in 2022. So from a cap standpoint, the uh, Texans will be picking up $24.2 million of cap space next year. By trading him. His cap number is $40.4 million in 2022. That's no longer a part of the equation. There'd be $16.2 million in dead money. Uh, which the cap charge for a player no longer on the roster. Because of the $27 million signing bonus he got in the four-year $156 million contract he signed in September 2020. And then... His $42.4 million, $37.4 million, and $32 million cap numbers in 2023, 2024, and 2025 come off the books. Now, since we're past the trading deadline, nobody can be traded until the first day of the league year next year, which is March 16th. You can agree to a trade in principle next offseason before that that becomes effective once the new league year starts, that's what happened. When Alex Smith went from the Chiefs to the Washington football team. We saw trades get agreed to early this year uh, with Carson Wentz going from the Eagles to the Colts and then the Rams and Lions with the uh, Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford swapping teams. So this thing ain't over uh, for Deshaun Watson. Probably gets moved sometime next offseason. Now, if he doesn't settle the civil lawsuits, we may not have clarity at the beginning of the offseason um, just because the deposition, his deposition won't take place until February 22nd at the earliest. The pretrial discovery process ends on March 25th. And a status conference in which a trial date would be set is likely would be set is scheduled for May 2nd. And the NFL draft is April 28th through April 30th. But hopefully, we we know that the uh, early part of the offseason will be dominated by Deshaun Watson trade talk. And then also what other veteran quarterbacks could be on the move. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. So also there will be other options. But Uh, The saga is going to continue next offseason. And for now, we can put a pin in Deshaun Watson. Well, that's going to be it for uh, this week's uh, Inside the Cap. Uh, Thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That is C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And read my agent's take. Uh, Call him at CBSSports.com, and we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.